Hey there, my friend, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Struchowski podcast. Before we get into the podcast episode today, I want to invite you to head on over to my website, overwhelmsucks.com. Yes, you did hear that correctly, overwhelmsucks.com. Pick up my free guide, 10 Quick Ways to Conquer Overwhelm. I know that when you're overwhelmed, the last thing you want to do is read a long report, so I intentionally made this free guide simple to read and most importantly to implement so get your free guide 10 quick ways to conquer overwhelm at overwhelmsucks.com julie cratch is an inclusive leadership trainer after experiencing many career pivots of her own she started her own business to help leaders be more inclusive she holds her mba and is certified in unconscious bias training julie welcome to the show thanks for having me now, if you're on YouTube, you can see Julie's got a nice smile, which tells me she's probably happy to be on the show. But if she's not, she's she's faking it, which is OK, because her <laughs> voice sounds like she's happy, too. Yep, I am certainly excited to talk about a subject near and dear to my heart. <laughs> well, I see that's why I love to have guests on the show. I don't want them to talk about things they are not passionate about because then they're they're going to be boring guests and nobody wants to listen to a boring podcast. Now, I just mentioned in the intro that you're an inclusive leadership trainer. Now, I don't like to assume because you know what they say about assuming. I want to make sure that we set the table for the listener. So what does that mean? Yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> the infamous question. <laughs> yeah. Inclusive leadership to me is really making sure that all folks of all genders, races, ethnicities, cultures, backgrounds, ages, I could go on, but all folks feel included. They feel seen, they feel heard, and they feel a sense of belonging in the workplace. And sadly, that is not the case in most workplaces uh, because we don't have as much inclusion through leadership. And leadership holds about half of people's perception around inclusion of a culture is directly tied to your manager's behavior. At the same time, managers are woefully like inequipped at leading inclusively. And a lot of that's just lack of awareness, lack of understanding, lack of education. And so that's where my team comes in. We help folks just provide an inclusive lens on leadership and and help folks really have a welcoming team environment in their workplaces. We were chatting before we press record and I shared with Julie that I'm 57 years young. I was born and raised (laughs) in Rochester, New York, a suburb of Rochester, New York. And I never looked at skin. Now, back when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, I didn't know if I had any gay friends because nobody talked about it back then. But I I was raised that when you are talking to someone, you give them the respect. You don't judge them by what you see. You wait till the words come out of your mouth and "Ah, I don't know about you. But so I believe now I don't have any employees at this time. I have no teammates. I'm not that big yet. But when I get to that point, I am going to commit to you and to my listener. I will not look at if someone is black, white, orange, green, pink, if they're, you know, LGBTQ, T plus, or if you're straight, I, I'm looking at, can you do the job now? But I know that's, that's an exception. A lot of people say they do that, but as you just alluded to, 
they don't do that. They may be a straight white man like, well, I'm only going to hire a straight white men, maybe a straight, straight white woman, but they won't come out and say it because, well, that's illegal. But I think people need to understand if you are a leader and you're trying to staff your company, you need to look at the qualifications so they have blue hair. Who cares? Can they do the job? <laughs> and I think a lot of maybe in 2022, we're getting rid of a lot of those old stodgy leaders and maybe the new leaders are more current. Is that what you're seeing with your clients? Yeah. I mean, that's my hope. Uh, the data, <laughs> though, 100% of us are biased some of the time, right? And so bias, like you're talking about, whether it's hair, tattoos, sexual orientation, race, we all run filters and it's automatically done in our brain. That's why it's called unconscious or implicit bias because we're not aware of the thinking. And that was based on years of our evolutionary history where we had that fight or flight response that was you know, necessary for our survival to know if we could trust the human in front of us. And most often our brain was like, well, if they're like us, they're safe. If they're not like us, they might not be safe. And so our brains still work this way in 2022, unfortunately. <laughs> so you have to be aware of it. I do think, Mark, you raise a good point, though, about your upbringing. And when we've had a diverse set of lived experiences, exposure doesn't solve the diversity problem. But we do know, you know, when you're touched um, by diversity personally and professionally, if folks from different backgrounds, the more exposure we gain, the more we can kind of manage that bias and we start to reroute our natural kind of neuroscience that manages that bias. And so that helps, but being aware of the biases we might hold, because most often in hiring, recruiting, even promotions and pay increases, all the decisions in the employee life cycle are, are very biased. Uh, the data shows that most people make decisions on who they want to hire by cultural fit, which sounds lovely, but that usually means people like us, right? So no blue hair, <laughs> no this, no that, and instead of objective criteria. So you raise another good point about really dialing in and having objective criteria and making sure that criteria isn't a nice to have, but a must have. Oftentimes the requirements listed on job descriptions are like 60% of the things really need to be had to hire the person that don't list all the other things. If, college, if you've hired someone without a college degree before for that position, don't list college degree required. You're just not going to get a diverse set of candidates because oftentimes folks with the most diverse set of experiences are fearful because they know the bias that plays in. And so they're not going to take a chance on a position that may not be very accurately described. So I think that's just something to watch out and to rein in with your biases. How do I, how do I know that's true? Like what information do I have about this person to know they're a fit? Why do I say they're a fit? And what objective skills are they going to bring uh, to our team that we need? And, and oftentimes we need a cultural ad. We need somebody that's different to fill in the gaps that our team doesn't already have. Those are the healthiest teams, the most diverse teams. Fear of the unknown, I think, is a big component. Um, we were talking again before we started recording that one of my daughters is gay. And, you know, I and I'm also a Christian. So a lot of people ask me, well, how do you deal with that? You raised your daughter in the church and now she's gay. I'm like, she's still my daughter. I, it breaks my heart when yeah. I see other Christians one of their children comes out as gay or a member of the LGBTQA plus community. And they're like, I disown them. I'm like, they're your child. How can you disown your child? They're a human being. Now, 
biblically, I have my own opinions on the whole, you know, homosexuality thing, but I would never tell somebody, Hey, that person really doesn't love that person. I, cause I can't get in their hearts. And I think if you are a denier, if you're listening to this mm -hmm. episode and you're like, I don't agree with that. We're not saying you have to agree with it. You just have to realize it's here. There are people that are in the LGBTQ community, a plus community that are working and they're good workers. They're efficient workers. They're getting the job done. It's not like you're going to catch COVID from them. They're just a different from you. And you know what? I want people to be different because if we were all the same, if we were all white or all black or all green, it would be really boring. I yeah. like the diversity. I like meeting new people. I mean, this is how weird I am. I have an iPhone and my Siri, I alternate between Australian and British accent. I don't want the boring American accent. <laughs> I want, I want the, the British or, or Australian. And I think you are missing the boat of life. If you are not willing to say, okay, these people are not out to get me. They're not trying to poison me. They're just living their life. They're human beings. I think if we all started from the fact that we're all human beings. I think we'd all be better off in society and in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at the core, you know, if you think about skin color, for example, how minute of a difference that is in our biology. I mean, we're talking about like 99 you know, percent the same. It's just the melanin in our skin. You know, you raise a good point about LGBTQ. And I think people confuse their own personal beliefs with you don't have to believe it, that LGBTQ is something you know for you, or you don't have to believe um, even in the morality of it. It's just you need to accept that people have a different belief system, right? And so if we only accepted there are different beliefs, I believe this, and someone is allowed to believe something differently, because guess what? They very likely could have had a very different religious experience, a different spiritual um, experience. And honoring that and creating space for folks that are different from us, I think we're seeing this polarization, whether it's diversity, politics, you know, you're this or you're that. And that's really harmful because most often it's a paradox. It's both. It's a both and. Yes, your daughter is gay and you can accept them, her as a Christian, right? I don't understand why those things can't go together, but our brains Again, this uh, science behind it is called cognitive dissonance. So our brains don't like to reconcile things that we think we already know and categories that we created in our mind. Like you can't be a Christian and be gay, which is, you know, somewhat outdated thinking, but still a category that people have oriented to. And so undoing that takes some mental energy. And I would say to listeners, if you're struggling with that concept of paradox, you know, they're a good person and they make mistakes, for example, <laughs> then just work on it because it, it takes some flexing. It takes some stretching. It's just like exercise. Uh, you can you can start to retrain your brain um, to be more accepting. And at the end of the day, they're going to be happier because like you said, Mark, I mean, I know the best teams I've been a part of, uh, the, the best team I have right now in my business, we are so different and, and not just skin color, but way more uh, values. Um, our thinking, how we approach things, introversion versus extroversion, just so many different things. And I'm so thankful for that because it helps me be a better leader. It helps me be a better human. Um, and I'm thankful for that diversity.
The one issue I I have with the LGBTQA plus crowd is they got to move their Pride Month because my birthday's June <laughs> and I think it should be Mark's birthday month. So maybe we move Pride to May or July. I'm just saying it. I'm just throwing it out there to see if anybody would take up that and make the whole month of June all about Mark's birthday. What do you think about that, Julie? <laughs> a little self-serving. I would say you could That's probably okay. do a decent birthday celebration <laughs> at a local Pride parade. But, you know, Pride Month is really interesting because the gay community has done a fantastic job of turning a very negative part of their history with the Stonewall um, Rebellion into recognition and awareness um, in the month of June. And so that's fascinating because now, you know, we have diversity months, you know, there, every month has something <laughs> right every now. His, day has something. Yeah. Yeah. Hispanic um, Heritage Month this month right now. Um, we have Disability Awareness Month. We have Women's History, Black History, you know, those are some of the big ones, but I love that as a concept. Of course, we want to celebrate year round. Uh, don't take your pride flag down July 1st. Like a lot of people do. But how do you find a meaningful way to celebrate differences in a positive environment? And I think that's a, a great model um, you know, for folks to consider that have diverse backgrounds. How can you kind of gain, garner the support of allies too? Because I know when I go to the Pride Parade here locally, I bring my daughter. It's very family-friendly. We have a great experience. So finding ways to to bridge and bring other folks into the conversation too is so important. One of our uh, sermons our pastor did was called Don't Be a Chameleon. And a lot of people are chameleons. In other words, they'll be Christian at church, but then they'll be a bigot when they go to the workplace. Okay. You need to be a Christian everywhere you are. If you are gay pride, be gay pride everywhere you go. But you know, as all, I'm sure you see it in your life as well. A lot of chameleons, they'll be one way around one group of people and there'll be another way, another group of people. You're not being yourself. Where is the you? Would the real you stand up? And I know it can be hard to stand up. Uh, I have this issue all the time because I typically don't swear. I never swear on my podcast. And if I you know, find myself in a company of people who are swearing a lot, and they'll feel uneasy and like, what are you, a priest? I'm like, no, you can keep swearing. I'm not telling you don't have to swear. I would never tell people other than if you're on my show, you can't swear. But I, I try to show up as myself. And I'm Tigger from Winnie the Pooh, in case you're wondering, everywhere I go because I love life. And I just encourage the listener, whoever you are, be that person all the time. Don't be a chameleon because... Number one, you're going to confuse people and you're going to confuse yourself because you're not going to know who your true identity is. Got overwhelm? Then you need to get my free guide, 10 Quick Ways to Conquer Overwhelm. This free guide will help you quickly deal with overwhelm so you can get back to making the impact you've dreamed of. Get your copy for free at OverwhelmSucks.com. Yeah, that's a lot of legwork to have to do and a lot of mental energy. <laughs> like, which version of me can I be right now? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't scream authenticity, that's for sure. I mean, I would say a lot of the time I talk about allyship, like how to show up for folks that are different from you. And that really speaks to a central point um, that we know about successful allies is that they're intentional and they're consistent over time, right? And so consistent with their actions. It's not just showing up when it's cool. It's not just, you know, finding friends of diverse backgrounds when it happens to be in the news cycle or, you know, 
is that's very opportunistic. And so I'd encourage folks to really think about where where could I show up? Like what spaces are really important to me? You know, one that's really important to me is kiddos. You think about this next generation of what I call little allies and they're being raised in these polarizing times when there's, you know, anti-DEI, you know, going out of the school systems and then there's pro-DEI groups. And, you know, what we know is that children naturally look at it look at the world inclusively. It, it, they learn the bias, and that bias is often cemented by age twelve. So, you know, imagine me as a corporate trainer. <laughs> Average age is much higher than age twelve. Right? Uh, you think? <laughs> and undoing that thinking later in life is a little problematic. But I think thinking about you know what is your sphere of influence? Like, where do you? want to show up and how do you want to show up? And you raise a great point about spirituality, religion, you know, whatever folks call, you know, your faith is what, how do you make sure that you're living that? And I think a great way to do that is to give back, to leverage your power, your privileges, whatever those might be for good. Um, and there's lots of different ways to do that. I mean, I think the most important is really thinking about voting with your dollars. You know, where are you spending money? What companies are you rewarding? And what are their value systems? Like, what are their stances? Um, a lot of people are looking to business uh, as the most trustworthy, kind of credible uh, source of information right now because government's kind of a hot mess. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I think really thinking about where you choose um, to spend time, to spend money. It is really important. It is. And as you're talking there, I, I started thinking that people need to figure their way out of this paper bag that they're in because they have a paper bag over their head. Uh, when I have some Christians have come to me and because I'm really strong in my faith and I read the Bible every day and they're like, well, what do you think about this LGBTQA plus community? You know, that's a. Uh, Jesus said it was wrong. I said, well, no, you're forgetting the part in the Bible where Jesus said, before you take the speck out of your brother's eye, take the plank out of your own eye. Jesus would say, you need to get yourself right. See, a lot of people yeah. who are, I say a lot of people, I think a lot of people are judging. A lot of people of faith are judging the people because the Bible said it's wrong. And I'm like, okay, uh, do you steal time from your employer? Do you lie? Do you embezzle? You know, is your life right? Because Jesus also said, ye without sin cast the first stone. There's not a person on this planet that is not making mistakes or oh. sinning, as the Bible would say. Yeah. And so if you sit there and go, well, that group over there, they're wrong. The Bible says so. Well, first of all, judge not yet, lest ye be judged. Does that sound familiar if you read the Bible? So you're not supposed to judge people. Jesus is all about love. Now, people say, what would Jesus do when he came back? I said, I don't think Jesus would be happy if he came back right now because we've made a, a dumpster fire of this planet. And we really are. We're all fighting against each other. And Jesus is about love. How about we love each other? Because we're human beings. I think it's yeah. funny that right now in the United States, you know, the conservatives and liberals are fighting each other. But if we got invaded by Martians, we'd all come together. I'm mm -hmm. like, isn't that fascinating? When we're at risk as humans, we'll come together, but other than that, we're at each other's throats. We're human beings. Someone asked me once, hey, I know you're a conservative Republican. If you saw Nancy Pelosi with a flat tire, would you stop and help her? I said, of course I would. She's a human being, but she's a Democrat. She's a human being. This is how I look at life, Julie. 
We're yeah. all human beings. Now, I think if more people looked at people and go, well, that's a black man. He's a human being. Right. We need to treat people with dignity and respect. I'm sorry. That's just what I believe. Yeah. No, I mean, I wish um, more people could kind of stretch their brains on to do that. Because, again, we categorize people as they're this, they're that, they're yep. bad, they're good. And we don't challenge our own thinking. And if you are, to your point, casting stones at someone else, you know, really think about why. Like, what's going on with you, right? Like, usually it says more about something you're wrestling with uh, with than with what the actual person has said or done. And I, I think that's just a, a challenging moment for folks to understand that a, people think differently than me, and that might be a good thing. Having a conversation with somebody that's deeply different than you. What I found is that they, I grow. I, if I really listen to learn, then, you know, I'm going to learn something I didn't know before versus mm-hmm. when I'm speaking, <laughs> you're hearing everything you already think you know. <laughs> and, and that's, that's a bridge that if, if we could only listen to one another more and listen with true cur- curiosity, you know, I, I know, you know, Mark, we are, are different politically and religiously. <laughs> that's a word. <laughs> um, but I think that's a good thing because if we're not happy, Having this conversation is so important that we have it with everyone. And what I find in my work is that it's a lot of folks that already get it that I'm talking to. I literally ask them, like, do you get diversity? Like, do you feel like you understand it? Yes, no, it's somewhere in between. And most people are either in between or say they get it. And that's probably not the people I need to be talking to. <laughs> like, sure, they need support. Like, we all need to learn and grow. Um, but it's often the people I call like the murky middle, the people that like you, like I want to get it. I see people as all humans. I don't know what I don't know about diversity. And that's what I think where the beautiful opportunity is, especially for this next generation, as we think about how diverse they're going to make the workforce very swiftly (laughs) and quickly. Right. Yeah. Um, And I would just offer this is like, if you're struggling with this or, you know, feel uncomfortable about this conversation as most people do, just know that no one's expecting perfection from you. What we really want is progress over perfection. And that means you're going to make mistakes because making mistakes is a part of learning and growing. (laughs) As a human being, we can't learn and grow comfortably. So it will be uncomfortable and that's okay. That's how we get better. Mm, Yeah. You know, it's funny is I tell people, if you truly want to understand a liberal or a progressive liberal, go talk to one. Don't go to Twitter. Don't watch the TV. Don't go to YouTube. I've had some progressive leftists on my show and we got along great. They're nothing like the people on Twitter. So here's the thing. Don't judge people by what you see on social media. That is a very dirty, filthy, skewed lens to look at. So go find a liberal go out to coffee with them and really get to know them. You're going to find out, first of all, they're a real human being. They have opinions. And guess what? I'm willing to bet you if you sat down with someone who's a polar opposite of your views, you'd probably find that, wow, we have some things in common. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not the total opposite of you, but because people, and I really hate this. So many people are so stuck on social media. They think that is the true 
the truths of lens of life. And it's not, you need to go talk to someone eyeball to eyeballs. My aunt Rory says, and, and really get to know them because everyone is different. Two white heterosexual men are different. So I, I you know, I I've never been so passionate about this, but maybe it goes back to when, how I was raised. That's why I'm so productive. That's the way I was raised. I was raised. You don't judge people. I would play with the black kids neighborhood. I didn't look at it as black. They were my friends. I didn't care. Let's just go play soccer or football or something like that. And so maybe that's the good credit to my parents for raising me that way. But I think yeah. we need to stop as humans and go, you know what? Maybe it's me. Cause maybe it is you. I had a guest on my show that I always thought that people who do drugs should go to jail. And they had a book called end it for good. And I read the book with an open mind. That's another key, you know, listen with an open mind. And I understand that there's a different way to do it. And the reason why I understand that and accept that now, because I had an open mind and then go, well, I, my way is the right way. I'm not going to listen to you. And so I think we can get along and be more inclusive if we just have an open mind. And like you said earlier, listen to what the other person's saying. Yeah. When you raise a good point is differences go beyond race and gender. So a lot of times people, again, get very defensive in this conversation. They think, well, I'm a white man. I'm the enemy. I've heard that so many times, or I, no one wants me to talk about this, right? Like I'm, I'm the bad guy. And that's so, that couldn't be more untrue because what we really need are folks in, in the majority group. And when I say majority group, it's not like a bad guy club. It's just, these are the folks, white men do hold a lot of positional power uh, in our country and globally, uh, a huge um, center of wealth and power and privilege. And so how do we use that privilege for good and recognize that there's differences be between us, even in that majority group, there's a vast array of lived experiences like you had, Mark. I mean, you, it sounds like you had an inclusive childhood. You know, for some folks, I was so fascinated. I talk with a lot of folks, you know, from the South uh, that maybe grew up in a rural community. I mean, they did not see people of color until they went to college. I mean, can you wow. imagine? No, and, I can't. And, That's and just crazy. Had like a panic attack about it when they went to college. They were children because they were so unprepared. And when I think about that, like that makes me so sad that we're keeping people in silos. And so you fear what you don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like you said, what if we had exposure to folks that were different from us from a young age? I really think we could help break the cycle and stop a lot of our perpetual isms in society. <laughs> because once you get to know somebody, like you said, you sit down with a, a liberal or someone of a different faith or whatever it is, somebody you know, just different than you. And you realize, A, they're a human. B, maybe you actually it challenges some of your thinking. Maybe you challenge some of their thinking. Maybe there's mm -hmm. some middle ground, uh, which there usually is in most conversations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Think about religion at the core of most religions are <laughs> very similar values. But we've been at war, you know, for thousands of years over religion. And so people think like me versus you. And we're not enemies. And I would just say if you identify or don't identify or don't think you're diverse. Uh, one, I guarantee you have some elements of diversity in your <laughs> identity, much like you've shared with your story today. And then I think two, like think about how you could be helpful to folks that are different from you. How, you know, what could support look like for somebody of a different background and just start there, start with one person and see where it goes. 
you know, when you talked about the rural uh, white kid uh, from you know, who went to college and saw his first person of color, person of color, it remind me that when I was raised up in New York, I literally thought you're going to laugh so much at this. I literally thought everyone went to their father's parents' house on Christmas Eve and their mother's ha- mother's mother's house on Christmas morning because that's what we did. I did not know that the whole world didn't do that. So I'm like, what? Because I remember I went to school and I'm like, yeah, I did this and this. I'm like, oh, we didn't do that. We just stayed home and had a barbecue. I'm like, what? You didn't go to your your father's mother's house on Christmas Eve and your mother's mother's house on Christmas. It blew my mind. But because that's how I, I was exposed to until I met this this person. I'm like, wow, that's that's crazy talk. But we don't we all live in our silos until we walk out of the silos and go, wow, there's a big world out there and there's people all around the world. So this has been a fascinating conversation, Julie. Before we go. Anything on your heart that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you feel you want to share with us? Yeah. Well, I think what you just said was really an interesting point that we don't know what we don't know, right? We know what we've experienced, uh, we call these lived experiences in the diversity world. And it's important. It's important to know that people have different experiences, whether that's where how you spend the holidays or, you know, what you do for a living or how you think. And I just think, One tip I would offer for listeners that are struggling with like, okay, what do I do about that? Maybe I don't know a lot of people of different backgrounds. Well, take an inventory of your network. Who do you choose to spend time with? If you're like my dog, my dog, she's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Think about humans that you choose to spend time with. (laughs) What are they like? Uh, You know, and maybe just, you know, it doesn't have to be just race, gender, ethnicity, background, age. You know, profession, industry, class, so many, so many different wrinkles. But just take an inventory. And if you're choosing to spend time with folks that are very much a mirror image of you, then you can probably diversify that network a little bit. And it doesn't have to be hard, right? There's social media. You can follow people that are different than you. That's one easy step. But get more intentional with where you show up, you know, who you talk to in your neighborhood or outside your neighborhood or events you go to, cultural celebrations, whatever it is. You can get better at it with intention. So just because you may feel insulated right now doesn't mean that has to be that way forever. Love that. So where can we go to find out more about you and the dent you're putting in the universe to give a nod to Steve Jobs? (laughs) Well, I'm trying. Uh, We have all of our information at nextpivotpoint.com. We have a podcast, got books. We have some great uh, thought leadership there. So check that out with some free tools on DEI. And all of our social media handles are all the same, Next Pivot Point. So you can check us out there. And I post every day on LinkedIn too. So Follow me there if you want a little bit of a a drip of uh, diversity content on a daily basis. Speaking of Instagram, I saw you today on Instagram, and I just want to share this with you before we wrap up. The post she posted on Instagram today, and I love this. The first thing you should know about me is that I'm not you. A lot more will make sense after that. I love that. I I love that. I read that. I just started laughing. I like that. It's so awesome. It's funny because it goes back to memory I had. I remember freshman year of college, you know, you're in this tiny dorm room with my now very, very good friend still to this day, but we did not do well as roommates. Admittedly, (laughs) both of us know that we will never, well, now for sure, never live together. But at 18, 
I just remember us arguing one night and her looking at me very seriously and telling me, not everyone is like you, Julie. I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. You're kidding me. People don't think like (laughs) I do. And that was just an awareness moment that I think a lot of people just need to kind of check your ego. You're like, oh, shoot. Not everyone's like, maybe that's a really good thing. Yeah. Well, Julie, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a delight having you on and sharing your insights with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I really appreciate your time and attention. Before you go, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you have not subscribed to this podcast in your podcast player of choice, would you do that right now? This way, every time a new episode comes out, you will be informed. Second thing is, while you are subscribing, please consider leading a rating and a review. This helps the podcast get discovered. And the third thing, I know I'm asking a lot of you, the third thing is, if you know of someone who can use this episode right now, why don't you just share it with them? Every podcast player that I'm aware of makes it really easy to share an episode. So if you're thinking of a family, a colleague, a neighbor, a friend who needs to hear this episode, go ahead and hit that share button and send this podcast to them right away so I can help them like I helped you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back real soon with a brand new episode.